Good morning. My name is Kerry Lynch. I'm the CEO of Power Nickel. I'm here today with my partner in, in exploration crime, Kenneth Wilson. Kenneth's uh, managing director of uh, 3DGO, which is the uh, consulting geological engineering firm that we're using to model and guide our exploration and our nickel uh, sulfide project in uh, James Bay, Quebec. Quite a mouthful <laughs> for early in the morning, but yeah, we're happy to come here today and uh, tell you more about the deposit and what we're uh, what we're trying to achieve there. Barry, Ken, good to meet you. Good to have you on the uh, on the show, so to speak. Um, looking forward to understanding a little bit more about the drivers for Power Nickel as we go ahead. Um, Terry, perhaps before we kind of get started, could you just give us a, a quick background on how you came to um, the deposit and you know how you yeah, kind of set it up and. Yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. You know, I, I was an investor in a company called Critical Elements, which is a very fine uh, lithium hard rock uh, company in, based in Quebec. It's actually in this neighborhood, about 40 clicks away with their uh, their project that's just, you know, ready to shovel ready, really, it's ready to go. And, uh, you know, another friend suggested that they had, was I aware of this nickel deposit that was on their books? And I said, no, I wasn't. And, and then we looked at it. And he says, Terry, I think you should buy it. And I said, well, I'm running a copper gold company. How does that fit? He said, well, he says this is actually going to become a mine. He says, the other stuff is who knows, you know? So he said, this is a, your, your lower risk, lower risk way to get to the uh, title. So I looked at it and the more I looked at it, the more I thought, you know, he's right. This is a, a later stage project that had a lot of upside. We, we looked at it, we compared it with some other uh, deposits like Talon Metals and Palladium One. And we looked at sort of the, you know, the, the you know the amount of drilling that had been done with the you know metal in the ground as sort of a as a measuring stick we felt that this was very prospective and so it's tough it's rare it's to, to find these deposits is really really tough so to get one that was sort of in an advanced stage that we thought we could grow seemed to be a good uh, practical business idea for us as a company and then we were able to uh, we had a relationship with management we were able to you know i think make a fair deal for both shareholder bases and uh, we sort of went on that way. So that's sort of how that happened. And we basically closed in February, I think, of last year. And then uh, we basically, uh, we found uh, Kenneth uh, through, uh, they had done a lot of work with uh, critical elements. And so they were very familiar with the area. And uh, uh, we, uh, we tasked them with modeling the deposit first to uh, sort of get a better view of how you know, it could be put together. It had never been done before. And so they took a few months in putting that together, and then they ultimately uh, they suggested a, uh, a geological theory about how the how the how the, the deposit might you know sort of uh, you know uh, flow out. And uh, based on that, they suggested a first stage of exploration that uh, we eventually permitted and and drilled in November December of this year, and and uh, we released the results really in the last month. And I would say they were very good results, and they basically substantiated the. You know, we had a historical resource of uh, about 3.1 million tons, uh, sort of spread almost a third, a third, a third between measured, indicated, and inferred. And uh, as a historical resource, you, you know, once it drops beyond a certain number of years, you have to basically requalify it. So that was our primary objective in this round of exploration was to do enough work so that we could do a new technical report and a new uh, current 43101. So we hope to get that out in, in early Q2. And, uh, and then the other point, of, of course, was to try and show that there was uh, expansion, that the, that the deposit had legs and we could possibly uh, move this from, you know, 3 million tons to 4 and, you know, and further, obviously, ultimately probably have to get to 
at least eight to 10 million tons to be commercial. And, and these deposits worldwide tend to, tend to range sort of from between eight to 50 million tons. So, so that's sort of the, that's what attracted us to the whole thing and why we sort of uh, went after it the way we did. That's quite a lot to unpack there. Um, but thank you. That's a, that's a, that's a very good background. Um, what, I mean, perhaps this is a question for, um, for Kenneth, I'm not sure, but um, what was the amount of work that was done? What did you have to go on? You know, how much drilling had been done? How much work had been done? And actually, when was it done? I can go ahead if you wish. Sure, yeah, I can. That's great. Um, yeah. When it was done, I guess, uh, looking at the history of the project, it, uh, it had been worked um, since the early uh, early. 1990 i would guess um just before the year 2000s uh and then a bunch of holes were drilled there were if i'm counting them out it's probably in the range of uh, 30 holes 35 holes that were drilled in the past uh and that allowed them to define that resource that terry um mentioned uh and with the, the results that they currently had, uh, what we decided to do with that is to uh, re revisit, I guess, those results uh, and tackled it uh, in our way, which is geology first and mineralization after. Uh, and as Terry was mentioning, we ended up with uh, defining where in, in that deposit uh, versus the historic holes location, uh, where would it be the most pertinent for us to be drilling at this stage? Uh, and the, the reasons for that drilling, I guess, for me and my own stand uh, point uh, was to kill two birds with one stone. Well, first, um, trying to expand that deposit, because um, from what we see, it's wide open uh, in pretty much all direction. Uh, and secondly, to demonstrate the validity of the historical drill data that we can't validate right now because we are we do not have access to the uh, old assay certificates and things like that. Uh, but with the current drilling that we've done and the, the position that we've selected for those new holes, uh, we'll be able to validate uh, the resource that was pre-existing pre uh, on the deposit. Uh, validating the, the 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 that the results are real, uh, we have been able to uh, to demonstrate that, and the the upcoming step will be to uh, to crank this up into a real uh, formal resource that will be uh, NI forty three one hundred one compliant. Uh, thank you, goodness, lots lots to go on there as well. Um, so it was dr drilled in the nineteen nineties, and I mean thirty to thirty five holes is not a lot of drilling. For um, actually, it might be useful to, if you could just pull up a map, just so we can understand kind of where where you are. I mean, presumably you're in you're in Archean Canadian Shield, which yes. is highly deformed and strained. Poo. All right. Ooh, that should do the trick here. Do you have a um, Do you have a general map of kind of the location from perhaps from the presentation, rather before we get yes. kind of straight in, straight Absolutely. into the straight into the model, just to orientate me, just to understand. And um, Terry, you mentioned uh, Palladium 1. Um, as uh, From what I can remember of their, um, of their nickel target, they are in um, an area that hasn't been explored for nickel before. And, but I, I, so is NISC 
is the NISC project in a, is it in a nickel area? Jim could probably best answer that. I don't think there's been any other historic nickel discoveries in the area, but I, I, I could be wrong. I'm not aware of any uh, in the immediate area. Uh, Ken, is there? Uh, other than small showings, I'm not aware either of uh, major discoveries in this area. Other than yeah. the one that Power Nickel has uh, in his hand right now. Okay, and can you just describe roughly the geology of NISC? Yes, absolutely. Um, so on screen is a, a say a, re, a geological map of the area. Uh, the NISC deposit is on the the far right of this map in the in the center portion. We can see the the property outline here. Uh, what we see is that the property straddles uh, two main geological domain. Uh, one to the north uh, and another one in the center here, um, which is separated from another domain to the south, but this is out of concern for us. Um, so the property straddling that, uh, that contact between those two um, major domains, and at that contact, what we have is a, a series of uh, layers of different volcanic rocks. Uh, one of them is a ultramafic uh, package. Uh, and within that ultramafic package, um, that's where the, the nickel deposit got developed. And it's a very typical uh, nickel formation uh, or the formation of the deposits very, very typical there uh, in the sense that uh, the, the volcanism will generate those magma flows uh, and the nickel minerals that are heavier will crystallize at first uh, and gravity will do its job. Uh, and those crystals or minerals will then sink uh, at the bottom of that lava flow. So it's a natural concentration uh, of the ore that will occur there. So that's a good thing for us. Uh, and then, um, it, did, would you describe that as kamatitic? Is that the? Is that absolutely? The, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to open well, a window. Peridotitic, peridotitic uh, rocks, actually. Yeah. So the those layers of uh, ultramafic rocks, peridotitic rocks, and uh, you know, uh, they are the the main host of such deposit. The beauty of this is we can follow this down uh, quite easily. Uh, that layer or the, 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 the main host rock uh, can be followed up very, very easily by drilling. Uh, and the nature of that deposit makes it such that uh, sometimes you would drill ultramafic rocks, there won't be any ore in it. Uh, but it, in this case, 100% uh, of the holes, new, new holes that we've drilled uh, demonstrated that that kamatiite or ultramafic panel uh, is well mineralized, and we didn't find where it would end. So, um, I'm I'm going back to kind of my geology school in um, my geology class at university. I thought the um, when the nickel was deposited on the on the base of these lava flows, that the flows were incredibly hot and they cut channels, and um, that you actually get a it's almost like a ribbon or a kind of a, a kind of a frozen river of nickel at the base rather than a kind of a, it's not like the bottom of a lake where it just kind of sediments out, but actually it's in, in these kind of these running, yep. um, running flows. Um, does, 
is, is, is that what you're looking at here? Or is it just kind of a settling in on a lake bed kind of, of, of magma or lava? Or is it a cross between the two? Uh, it's difficult to answer that question now. Uh, I haven't done the, say, scientific research behind all of this in great detail as of yet. I, I'd have a tendency to think it's channeling flows uh, there. Uh, that doesn't mean that it cannot be of a vast ex extent, um, but we do see from the results so far some, let's say, higher grade mineralization trends in a long view view, for instance, uh, which leads us to think that there may be some higher grade vectors uh, within the panel itself. So that could be leading towards uh, the first idea you had where uh, those super hot lavas would force their way wherever it, it, they want to go and uh, nickel would be deposit, deposited there, which would then complexify a little bit our strategy in terms of drilling because we need then to identify where those channels went. Um, but so far, what we've what we've taken into a, as an approach was at the scale it, it has right now, uh, we see it as a very simple, straightforward panel, uh, and we're trying to drill that very, very systematically. It's uh, it's very an easy, easy project to tackle, to tell you the truth. Okay, and well, and the fact that you've hit in you've hit sulfides with all of your um, uh, all of your drill holes to date, and presumably it's pentlandite. Is that the mineral you're in, intersecting in in core? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, what's the structural complexity? I mean, because it's an Archean terrain, um, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about um, uh, S naught, you know, the, the, the mineralization, the primary mineralization came in parallel to bedding. Yep. Um, and then it's going to have been folded and deformed with geological time. Yes. Yes. And perhaps, perhaps that high grade uh, kind of, zone that you were just talking about could relate to a structural thickening or a, some kind of post um, it, sedimentary it post formation deformation yeah absolutely you're bang on uh, actually that's probably one of the reason why power nickel and critical elements uh, contacted me at first or contacted my little firm uh, we're well known here um in our little small industry as being the structural gurus uh, before being economic geologists here. Um, it's a philosophy thing that, I, that I'm carrying with me since about 10, 15 years now, uh, where even if it's well-known deposit, I will force myself to not even look at the ore at first, trying to unravel what the geology is all about, uh, especially the structural component, and then throw the, the mineralization in there to understand what mineralization is with respect to that geological framework. So we've tackled the NIST deposit exactly that same way. So at first we looked at the, the regional context, um, identified that major structure I was referring to earlier, which is a, a major contact or a, a major fault. Um, looks like a, a, you drew it as a thrust. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a major thrust fault uh, in there. Uh, and then we were wondering about what kind of impact 
such a deformation history could have had on, on those initial layers of magma. So we identified a few faults uh, that are cross-cutting the, the deposit. Uh, so definitely very important to tackle that and to understand uh, offsets and things like that. And then we then uh, tried to study a bit what was the impact of them faults on the mineralization, a little bit as if it was gold-related deposit. Usually you'd get an enrichment uh, at cross-cutting location where two structures would intersect or something like that. In this particular case, it doesn't seem to have impacts on the grade, uh, but definitely has impact on offsets. Uh, and, so, and potential thickness and potential repetition. Yeah, absolutely. So the faults we've identified right now are simple to tackle. Uh, we do not see any kind of uh, offset, major offsets that would tear apart the deposit. It's relatively minor offset at the, the scale we're, we're talking about. Um, so... Essentially, the conclusion here, um, simple panel to drill uh, due to the, the initial or the, the initial nature of the, the ore body itself, uh, structurally not very complex, uh, well mineralized. So it's a perfect, you know, little ore body to, uh, to tackle. It, it makes our, it, it did make our lives so easy. You know, you just look at the panel, you drill where there's no pierce point, that's all. And what, what, what are you doing? Are you um, kind of grid drilling it? Have you got a series of fences that you're doing kind of um, two holes in? What are your thicknesses? What's uh, your drill spacing and approach at the moment? And, and drill depth? Yeah, for the first pass of drilling, um, what theory needed, what power nickel needed was to confirm that the deposit is really a deposit. So what we've done then is to ensure that all drill holes that we do uh, were meant to test something. So we didn't drill for the sake of drilling like systematically on a grid or it was well thought of pierce points. Uh, yeah. What And essentially, as I did mention before, the idea there was to validate the historical data and yep. to move on with our or our own understanding of the deposit, knowing that we'd move ahead very soon to uh, an I forty three one hundred one compliant resource work. So, yep. uh, all of the drill holes that were drilled this year or recently, uh, with the the newly re released results, uh, were meant each of them to test something. It could have been, for some of the holes, the extension of the, the deposit, either at depth or laterally. Um, and for in some other cases, it has been designed to actually trying to reproduce the really good results that, that they get or got historically. Uh, and then to, yeah, to, to dem basically demonstrate the results that were there. And we systematically, I believe, with the, the holes that were released, uh, demonstrated what we had to demonstrate with that. So very, very happy. And that will lead to designing a second phase of drilling uh, based on that new knowledge that we just acquired. Uh, and at 
that case, we still need to discuss exactly what that drilling plan is going to be. Um, but certainly the, the intention at this point uh, to me or my recommendation anyways would be to drill uh, with having in mind expanding the, the deposit this time. There is no more need, I don't think, to demonstrate that it's there anymore. We, we okay, and uh, remind me what an, um, kind of a typical thickness is, a typical grade and thickness is for, for, for a panel. Uh, it, it varies. Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that these nickel deposits um, don't... Um, uh, they, they don't get affected by structure much. Um, you know, apparently they, they they retain their integrity because I mean you're you're by a major fault in an Archean terrain and uh, you know describing it as relatively simple panels. I mean, it's, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if if I may add a little complimentary thought on that, uh, that's really interesting comment you said. Uh, we think that it's relatively undeformed that the de the scale of the deposit or where it is now, but we're investigating right now on a more regional aspect uh, because it's caught in a basin with truss faults on either side. We're kind of wondering, is it possible that that same layer that contains that nickel the mineralization, uh, could it, is it possible that it would have been folded back on itself somehow? So having some sort of a, a basin, Final. Yeah. So on each side could be nickel mineralization. So we're investigation uh, is is ongoing on that as well on the regional aspect and where else could Terry and Power Nickel um, explore to to find more yeah. of that in the area. Yeah. And I, I'm always amazed by strain partitioning in in geological structures where you can have huge amounts of deformation and strain on a plane, and then relatively nearby you've got um, uh, rocks which have got a kind of a fabric intact. Absolutely. And that brings another point. Um, that is that strain partitioning is kind of working for us at this point in the sense that the, uh, the nature of the deposit, the layering that we see in terms of the different rock types that we have there uh, with a, a sequence of having felsic rocks that are much more competent uh, than the ultramafic rocks usually, uh, especially when those ultramafic rocks aren't mineralized, uh, then they will become very talcos and schistos, uh, such that they will focus the formation there, leaving almost intact the uh, the other rock formations surrounding that. So that's a, a positive thing for us as well. In terms of uh, results that we got, uh, grade and thickness, uh, the the thickness we're getting is average about averaging about 15 meter, which is quite considerable. Uh, some of the holes were a little thinner than that, um, up to down to five meters, four meters, uh, but we got intersections um, uh, that are quite large, um, almost 20 meters in some cases, uh, of good material. Grading average here, I see uh, probably over over 1% nickel uh, overall, uh, with really good grades at 1.4% uh, nickel. Uh, lots of, well, relatively speaking, a uh, good percentage of copper, cobalt, 
palladium and platinum uh, in there. Just remind me, kind of um, remind me of the copper grades and the cobalts and then the, um, do you say palladium? Uh, copper grades, I guess, would be in the range of 0.4%. Uh, yeah. With co cobalt in the range of 0.1%. Uh, palladium, probably in the range of one gram per ton, which is quite yeah. good, actually. And yeah. plat platinum, uh, probably in the range of 0 0.4, 0 0.5% uh, grams okay. per ton, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a meaningful um, uh, credit. I mean, if, if I mean, it's almost $100 of palladium in the rock there. Yeah, and, and discussing with uh, some of my partners recently, uh, they were impressed by those numbers in the sense that, well, it's a nickel deposit, but the byproducts, uh, you know, are almost as almost good. Yeah, 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 almost as good as the the, the primary uh, mineral that we're trying to extract from there. So, so it's a really really interesting story there unfolding. And um, w when it comes to the resource, which historically was about a third, a third, a third, um, close to a million tons of measured, indicated, and inferred each. Uh, this exercise that you've done, have you done enough work or will you need to do another phase of drilling to be able to restate that resource? With the holes that we have right now, I'd feel comfortable uh, to redo the, the resource. I'm not too sure what kind of numbers we'd get this time, but definitely would should be very similar to, uh, to what they had in the past in the sense that we've redrilled the drilled area. So we can't reinvent the wheel i, I guess um so, so sorry just just quick you said you didn't have the assay certificates but have you got the positions of each of the um oh, yeah, samples? absolutely so absolutely. you've got the positions you've got the whole data do you have access yes. to the core i think we do have access to some of that core but not all of them holes that's the reason uh so for for unfortunately there in this case, I don't think it is possible to go back and do uh, what could have been done uh, in other other scenarios, I guess, where the old core is there and available. You can resample it, redo the old job. Uh, we're not in that position, uh, but we're replacing that former information with new, which allows us to confirm that the old information is was correct and accurate uh, we won't be able to use those holes probably in the in the ni 4301 resource unless um, we can convince ourselves that the the duplicate holes that we've done are good enough um, but that be risky and still with the what we have uh, we'll be able to come up with uh, with a resource which will be uh, compliant with the the regulation in terms of categories, those because of the the few holes that we have to play with right now, I don't think we'll be able to uh, end up with measured and indicated resource that much. Yeah. Uh, it may be falling down into the inferred uh, category at this stage, yeah. for the most part. Um, but with the second phase of drilling that we will do, um, I was mentioning expanding the deposit could be a prime yeah. prime thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, infill drilling certainly will be discussed, you know, in, in at least in some areas to ensure 
that we uh, that we can actually uh, end up with a resource that is compliant in terms of yeah. drill spacing and things like that. As you, were, as you were talking, describing how it was most likely to the, the new resource, the numbers will stay the same as the old resource, but mostly in the inferred category. I was thinking to myself about your comment about expanding. I think I bet there's going to be a discussion at the board level with Terry. Going, yes. <laughs> going, well, going, give me some measured. <laughs> yes, yes. No, indeed, of course. Uh, and the, the intention is to push that. Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, Terry, but I believe... Power Nickel right now is pushing that really, really hard on pretty much all fronts at the same time. So that is great for me. And I really do appreciate the excitement uh, shown by my client, uh, you know, because all of those things usually would, would need to discuss and decide, you know, which one are we doing first and what will be the, the sequence of action here. Uh, with Power Nickel, it seems that the sequence of actions is everything now. So it's great. Uh, you know, I can't ask for better. Um, okay, so, so gonna, and, and on my I, own standpoint, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the the uh, the internal discussion as to how much drilling gets done for the uh, expansion extension and how much uh, gets uh, taken up on um, infill drilling. Um, but I've got two questions. One is. Um, how much drilling, I guess this is more for you, Terry. The first question is, uh, the first question is for Terry, which is how much more drilling will you be doing this year? And then the second question back to Kenneth for um, where would you like to kind of, perhaps you can show me on the on the slide when we come to it, the where you're planning to expand. But Pat, sorry, Terry, you first. Sure, yeah. So we basically announced a, uh, a fully funded 5,000 meter program that'll start uh, you know obviously when when the, uh, the exploration team is ready to go but we're thinking probably early june and and uh uh continue on for however long that takes probably you know six weeks eight weeks something like that and then uh then we will you know consolidate that information and then uh subject to financing which is ultimately we will need more money uh we would look to uh, do a second program and sort of uh, November, December, uh, you know, and, and possibly on through and probably as much as, you know, 20,000 meters at that point in time. Um, you know, if you look at the math, if you, you know, if you want to get to, uh, you know, the 10 million tons, that's sort of probably where you have to go. Now, whether, you know, you do it in, in two 10,000 meter programs, that, that, that'll be, you know, subject to discussion and debate with the, uh, uh, exploration team and however they think it's best to go we'll, we'll do but uh, w you know we obviously it's, it's a tremendous nickel and price environment and a nickel uh, you know sulfate deposits themselves are just a, you know because of their you know the potential for the, the class one nickel they could yield are pretty popular amongst the the industry types you know so you couldn't get a better time to sort of uh, you know macro wise push this so we feel like it's obviously we want to push it but we we, we want to push it, you know, using good science so that we're, we're you, know, you know, obviously doing the right things exploration wise that uh, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not drilling for the sake of drilling, we're drilling for the sake of expansion and for technical advancement. So, uh, but we're, we're going to get it, we won't let resources get in the way here. We'll, we'll focus a lot of energy on this and, and try and bring it forward as, as quick as we can. Um, quick question: You you talk about starting in early June. You talk about doing it again in November, December. Are these kind of um, logistically constrained 
campaigns in the fields? Can you work there year round? Do you need to get in there with a helicopter or an ice road or no? Or I, I, I mean, Ken could speak to it maybe better, but my understanding is you can basically drive off the road. I mean, there's a major hydro Quebec substation across the road from us. Uh, you know, it's, there's a paved highway up there. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's breakup uh, in the in the summer when when the the, the ground is uh, is mushy and, and not really conducive. Uh, so I think that's not a time. So sort of the next couple of months probably not the ideal time to be there. And there may be something similar to that in the, in the fall. I'm not sure, but generally speaking, uh, other than the breakup, I think you're pretty much good. What do you What do you think, Kip? It's probably that. Yeah, um, the ministry here in Quebec will prevent us to walk into swamps uh, and things like that when it's um, un- unfreezing, thawing down. I guess at during the spring. Uh, and other than that, you know, when it becomes dry again, uh, we're free to get there. Uh, the property is super easy to access um, via the main highway, getting to Shibugemo and then a, a secondary road to get there. There is a power station um, from Hydro-Québec that is uh, next by. So the it's well-maintained access and stuff. We'll, no issue there. Great. Thank you. Um, and can you pull up the, the, the sections for the uh, expra- kind of the extension drilling plans? So a long view would do? I think yeah, sure. Sh- I think it shows it all. Um, so what we see on screen here is a, a long view looking north, uh, almost. And uh, the main NISC panel that we've been discussing about so far uh, is that main panel that we see here uh, with all of those pierce points that are the historical uh, drill hole um, and the seven new holes that are mixed and matched. I, I didn't separate them out, but all the holes are there now. So it gives you the extent of the drilling. Uh, those bigger spheres are what we propose to Terry and Power Nickel as, uh, you know, a second phase of drilling there. So a couple things happening at different scales. First, um, we're still focusing on that main panel. So as you can see, we're suggesting drilling at at depth. uh, Just just a quick question. So that whole panel is what, 500 meters across? Uh, the scale here is about that. I would no, it's a kilometer. So it's one kilometer across by well, five hundred meters down, I guess, something like that. Three fifty meters, almost four hundred meters down. Yeah, uh, and we're suggesting uh, to drill below that. Um, what we see here as the, the, the colors, by the way, this is not a resource work. It's a numerical model that we've elaborated using LeapFrog. Uh, and the idea there was not to calculate economics or real numbers, but to see a visual display of the grade distribution in there. And so, thickness. And thickness. So what we see is a grade thickness map um, yeah. pretty much. Uh, using nickel and the thickness uh, to calculate that. And we can clearly see a couple trends in there. Uh, one is seems to be shallowly or moderately plunging towards the west, uh, 
in that direction. Uh, another trend perhaps uh, can be seen here, seems to be plunging the other way. Um, I have the impression that the secondary trend that we see here, uh, where it gets a lot less good uh, on the top portion of the, the lens here, is related to one of them faults that I was talking about, which could have some impact on the, the deposit in terms of offsetting the, the mineralized lens. Yeah. Um, and that fault, actually, if we uh, we can visualize it quickly here, uh, just to see where it is, if I may find it. Uh, so for instance, that little panel here, which is semi-transparent, we can play with it a bit. If I make it opaque, uh, we can see where the, the fault seems to be cutting the deposit here. And it seems to be limiting the, uh, the, the deposit towards the east in terms of expansion potential. But that is in that view only in the sense that uh, what we've interpreted right now is that fault looked in plan view now uh, seems to be offsetting the, the lens towards further towards the east, uh, such that we also think that it is there is a great potential to discover something brand new, uh, actually just to the east of that deposit. So what we will do is to predict somehow or guesstimate what kind of offset should there be uh, along that fault over here. Uh, well, that would an exercise, exercise that we've already done uh, to end up with what would be the prime two targets that we would be drilling uh, to follow this up across the fault. Uh, and then uh, some more drilling to confirm uh, the link uh, and to confirm the Eastern expansion as well of that new panel that could be discovered. Uh, should we be is, that, is, is that is that big backed up by uh, field data, by mapping, by um, uh, yes, field mapping, sampling? Mapping in geophysics uh, seems to be indicating, well, the, shows the offset first. Uh, that's where that fault is coming from. Uh, and on the other side of the fault, the, the magnetic signature and or the geology stays the same. So there's no real indication that this would not happen. Well, they're playing devil's advocate. There's no indication that this will happen, but it needs to be tested because there's no drilling there. So it's yeah. to me a prime target for that reason. Uh, a little bit the same approach, uh, but on the other side of the deposit, we can see a couple drill holes, historical drill holes that did nail down uh, on some, well, relatively weak, but nickel mineralization towards the West. Uh, so same deal here. We've identified uh, another fault, uh, which is subparallel to the first one. And I'll just put that back in a plan view here for you guys. Uh, where we can see the two faults running subparallel to each other. The main deposit right now appears to be caught within or between them two faults. So same idea as having uh, potential offsets to the east. Uh, we see the couple drill holes, historical drill holes, being a really nice indication uh, that potential offset could also happen to the west. 
So and, um, just just can you just give me an indication of what the 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 green color on the panel that indicates in terms of gram meters? Are we talking five to ten in terms of numbers? Uh, between two and a half and five. Two and a half and five. So that's, that's one category out. Um, yep. Okay, thank you. So yeah, and and that to us is really really good indication that uh, more drilling should be done uh, where the two uh, historical drill holes were drilled. Uh, and it, obviously, when we read old reports and things, the the rationale uh, for the former company drilling those two holes is they had indication on surface and on the mag map that the same kind of setting was happening down there as well. So uh, drilling more this area to confirm presence of nickel mineralization to the west would lead to the discovery of a second panel, which we believe at this point in the game uh, could be as much or important as the main panel. Uh, and who knows, maybe bigger. You know, and okay. nothing prevents us to uh, to be optimistic at this stage. Great, thank you very much. Could you drop the uh, the image? That would be really helpful. And um, I, I'm almost wrapping up because we've been going for a good while now. But um, who um, who does the field work? Who does the, the 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 work on the ground? Is that part of your subcontracting? No, it's more uh, critical elements that takes care of that part uh, through another firm, which is called Consultec, um, well-known firm here in Valdor as well. Uh, they are well-known to provide field expertise like that. They are well set up to, uh, to build camps and stuff like that, which is not necessary uh, for the NISC project. Uh, it's easy. There is well, not a resort, but some sort of uh, a camp already existing there that we can rent rooms in there and uh, having access to a cook and things like that. So it's very nice uh, set up there. And who, sorry, who, who's, whose camp is that? Yeah, it's just, it's just a, like a private uh, fishing lodge yeah. type of okay. scenario. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Consultech is a, a you know very good you know execution partner. They've been around for many years uh you know the i think you know j.s lavalle and his dad have, have, have uh, you know that's one of their principal side businesses and they've been very good at that so i mean that's yep. one of the that was one of the real benefits for us at power nickel where we're you know uh you know we were able to tap into the local domain expertise that critical had spent so much time developing and spending money on and we were able to sort of flow seamlessly into it using CAN, using Council Tech. So you don't waste a lot of time on admin and finding people and hopefully getting the right people. You know, you can hit the ground running. So that's, you know, really, you know how tough that is in this business. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's brutal. So, so we were, you know, blessed by that and, and, and so thankful that we were able to take advantage of it. So we can just put our money in the ground and not uh, chase rainbows. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. I've, I've, um, as always on these interviews, I learned so much, you know, I've, I've watched the videos beforehand and I go through the presentation and I go through your website and, and then in 40 minutes talking to you, I just, my, my knowledge changes completely about the project and about the, the company. So thank you very much. That's been a really useful education for me and I hope it's a useful education for the viewers as well. Um, 
I look forward to seeing how you get on during the course of the year. Great, Roland. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you taking the time. And, and Ken, thanks again. And you did great. Well, thank you very much, Terry, for the invitation. And thanks, uh, Marilyn, uh, for the nice interview. Really appreciate that. Nice talking to you. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you.